Hello, you are listening to Surviving Parenthood, the parenting podcast, the podcast which aims to look at all aspects of parenting whilst picking up some handy hints for all the family. Today, we are talking to Claire Cribb, our twinkle treasure, outdoor fun pro and mum of two girls, all about her parenting experience and why being outdoors is so important for kids' health and well-being. Enjoy this episode and please don't try sucking something out of your child's nose with a drinking straw, even if it means a free teddy. you know we are on the same team together aren't we but for the listenership could you please let us know a little bit about your parenting setup at home okay so my family consists of myself and my husband and my two daughters who are 10 and 12 going on teenage um so they are but one is at comprehensive school one is at uh year six at primary school and i work at home and then since lockdown, my husband's been working at home every day. Um, mm-hmm. and we sort of, yeah, so I do a bit more of the parenting because I am part-time, mm-hmm. but he's, he's pretty good. He mucks in and cooks and, um, yeah, he's just generally very helpful, which is good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like my parenting setup. Chris has been here <laughs> for a while. Yeah, literally since last February, so... We've had two whole summers with each other at home. First of all, it was like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to cope with this human that I'm not (laughs) used to seeing very much Um, and seeing you all day, every day? But I don't know. I think somehow it just sort of worked out. And it was actually quite nice from picking up the brunt of, you know, parenting, which is what I used to do, to now actually having someone there to really chip in and, as you say, cook and just making it sort of more equal. It was... It's actually been really nice. And I never yeah. Okay, so that is your parenting setup. And do you have, because we like to break the ice with every episode in the same way, do you have a parenting funny moment or parenting foul that you might want to share with us? Yeah, so parenting is a funny old game, isn't it? There's been lots of funny moments and lots of fails as well. But one that stands to mind is when my oldest daughter was, oh, I don't know, about four or five, and uh, she was playing with her hammer beads. Do you know what hammer beads are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. These little beads that get everywhere. Um, and she stuck one up her nose. And she'd never done like that before. I thought I'd get away with it. She stuck one up her nose. I could see it. And I was determined not to have to go to A&E to get this little bead out. So I thought, right, okay, I'll just get a pair of tweezers. So, you know, trying to get it to lie still, I had these tweezers. Couldn't get it out. <clears throat> so I Google, good old Google. Yeah. people it, it's quite a common problem actually so um that's interesting wow. so someone said get some black pepper and sort of sprinkle it on her face so she sneezes it out so i tried the black pepper near her nose and she did a bit of sneezing didn't come out so i was like oh right, okay what can i do now so i googled a bit more and uh someone suggested basically getting a straw and sellotaping it to the end of a hoover nozzle and sticking that up their nose and hoovering it out so I thought well I'll give it a go it's probably not the safest thing so I sellotaped the straw to the hoover stuck it up her nose and it didn't work and in hindsight that was probably you know kind of sucked her brains out um so I thought oh I can't you know I tried for ages and so we just took her to the minor injuries and the nurse had it out within seconds but um yeah it was quite it was quite funny <laughs> oh my 
God, I can't but, actually believe you stuck a hoover up your child's nose. It wasn't a hoover, it was a drinking straw. But um, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best. I would not recommend that course of action. The nurses have the tools, they get it out, and she got a free teddy, so it was win-win. Ah, so there you go. I do hate um, an A&E admin trip. That, to me, is just the absolute... I mean, literally, they will have blood pouring down their face. <laughs> where I'm at the hospital it's just you just know that you're going to be in the hospital for at least two or three hours because it's not that urgent and then you've got to be seen and then you've got to get all the way back and I live in the middle of nowhere so it's just like yeah it has to be bad before I even consider yeah (laughs) okay Claire so you're here to talk about outdoor fun Mm -hmm. do you want to tell me a little bit about um how you got into the whole forest thing and how you got into teaching about I know that you started out in geography, but just tell me a little bit about how you got to this point today. Okay, so basically I trained as a secondary school teacher and I was a secondary school teacher for 16 years. Wow. So I served my time, I think. Uh, that was a geography teacher, so lots of time spent on field trips outdoors, mm. weeks away in Pembrokeshire with six formers, you know, days down a river with um, teenagers, coastal trips, things like that. So I've always been interested in the outdoors. Um, and then I decided to leave teaching um so it's about ooh, five six years ago now and the job at twinkle came up so i started writing for twinkle secondary geography which is now called beyond um and that was great so just gain writing resources and then i moved on to twinkle life where i had the role of um leading um a sort of product called outdoor explorers which was based on forest school style lessons lesson plans um for early years key stage one and key stage two and then, <laughs> so I've moved around a bit, wow. and then I've been with parents for, I think, a year, maybe a year and a bit, uh, working with you, obviously, on the health and well-being team, um, which also includes a focus on outdoor activities. Okay, cool. So that's your backstory. So I'm just wondering if we can start off, and you're probably going to call me because I can't remember if it was on the sheet or not, and I know you specifically said to only ask questions that were on the sheet, but don't worry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. Um, I'm just wondering about devices, first of all, if we can start off by talking about that, because I, I think, I mean, I know that it is a problem that a lot of parents are coming up against, and um, I know that in some ways, um, uh, children are spending more and more time on the de- their devices and potentially less time on, uh, you know, being outdoors and just, you know, having lots of, you know, nice times together outside. Um, I mean, in my personal experience, obviously it wasn't really a thing for me growing up. I mean, I didn't even get my first phone until I was at university. So I, I feel like our children are very much going to have a different experience. Yeah. The experiences that we have, but I'm just wondering about, you know, how, how important it is to spend as much time as possible outdoors, um, how devices may be affecting um, well-being and the benefits of being outdoors for sort of emotional health and physical um, well-being. What would you what would you say to that? Yeah, it's true. We there was a sur- there's been some surveys done that have shown that um, three quarters of children in the UK actually spend less time outdoors than prison inmates. So it's it's really serious. Um, the reason for that is basically lack of green spaces in some areas. Um, obviously, digital technology, it's so easy just to sit your child in front of the telly or, or a device to keep them occupied. And then also parental fears over 
safety, you know, with all the news stories. I mean, think, you know, I grew up in the 70s and there was the same risks, but I was out playing all day in bales of hay and climbing trees. But these days, parents are a little bit more concerned, a little bit more aware. Maybe they don't let their children far from home. So it is a problem, um, but it is really important that children get to go outdoors. Um, You know, walking, playing in woods, climbing trees, all the things that children should do. Um, the benefits are obviously physical exercise. So there's lots of, you know, childhood obesity. So getting out, just being active is good for heart health, physical health. Um, and there's loads of well-being, mental health and well-being benefits as well. So being outdoors actually has been proven to reduce stress and anxiety. We know ourselves, if we've been working hard, we go out for a bit of fresh air and we feel better. Um, children, when they're outdoors, they just get a chance to relax, to sort of reflect, take a break from the routine. Um... It also boosts their confidence and self-esteem. So doing an outdoor activity, sometimes you might be doing something that puts you slightly, you know, out of your comfort zone, maybe climbing a tree, Mm. um, maybe exploring a woodland, you know, running, jumping over logs, things like that. It just, um, you know, it boosts your confidence when you can do something that you haven't done before. Mm. And then really importantly, it actually has a, you know, a physiological effect. So Mm. we've all heard of the happy chemicals, serotonin and dopamine. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they help regulate mood and emotions. So basically, um, serotonin is released during physical activity. So when they're walking, running, climbing, they're releasing a hit of serotonin, which is really good for mood. Right. And then dopamine is released when they through problem solving um, and activity. Sorry, problem solving activities and physical challenges. So mm-hmm. making a den, following a map, you know, finding, you know, going on a long walk and feeling that sense of achievement that releases dopamine as well. So, you know, that's also important as well as vitamin D, obviously, vitamin D from sunlight uh, is really important for um, health, health benefits as well. Okay, thanks for going through those. I especially love the hormone one because I feel like if you can put it into context in that way, I think it's actually really helpful for parents to understand what's happening physiologically in the body. Mm-hmm. Um and just in terms of, I think you mentioned um, sort of taking risks and, you know, I, I feel like, especially with the forest school stuff, especially, I mean, my two, we're lucky in that um, both of mine get to do, I mean, that's honestly one of the biggest perks of the school, that they both get to do forest school. They both get to do it for a full day once a term and then they do it for half a day every other week so they actually Mm. quite a a lot which is lovely I can't tell you the number of benefits that they get from being in that outdoor space in that way Mm -hmm. I mean I know the forest school leader she talks about it being sort of deep play yeah and that's what it is it sort of without um the expectation of the classroom environment which I think especially for kids now, it's even more intense, so intense, so debilitating. I don't, I I mean, the the amount of pressure that teachers are under to tick all those boxes and making sure. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my younger daughter's got her sats this year if they go ahead Mm. and just dreading it really. Yeah. (laughs) Year six sats. Yeah. So the last two years they've been cancelled because of COVID. Oh yeah. Um, this year it might well go ahead, and she's she's already quite a sort of anxious person. So um, yeah, lots of outdoor outdoor time for her. <laughs> yeah, lots of outdoor time for her, and I feel yeah, I feel like just coming away in that um, sort of environment where they can really be themselves, and they can. It's sort of a very holistic way of 
um, going about things. And I'm, I am especially as a parent interested in taking risks because I feel like, I mean, my youngest, he, even though physically he's quite a risk taker, he's very sensitive. Mm. So I feel like forest school is so beneficial for someone like him particularly. And then my eldest, she's sort of like a wild spirit. So she mm. just loves, you know, being one with nature. But um, I think they both have developed so much confidence from being in the forest school environment. And I feel like they've been able to organise their play so much more effectively as a result of that. Yeah. I'm just wondering if I can ask you, Claire, about sort of forest school specifically and, um, you know, what you really feel like the benefits are to that. Yeah, sure. So, some parents might not have come across forest school. So I'll just backtrack a little bit and say what it is and what the history is. Um, so basically forest school is basically a big outdoor classroom. Um, it's normally set in an outdoor environment, such as a woodland or a forest, hence the name. <laughs> and it's led by trained practitioners. So they are trained, they've been on courses and they engage children in um, nature led learning and it's mainly child centered. Um, and it, interestingly, it's got quite an interesting history. So, um, Way back in 1993, a group of nursery nurses from Somerset, not far from myself, they went over to Denmark to look at their preschool system and they saw that the, ch the children's education was largely outdoor-led and they, they were learning through play in the outdoors and they saw these children were kind of flourishing and blossoming. So they took those ideas back to the UK and they set up their own version of forest school um, and just the benefits were huge. The children were becoming more creative, the way they approached tasks and so basically local authorities and uh, about 20 years ago now started taking it on board and set up lots of training colleges. And now there are probably hundreds of forest school establishments around the UK. I know there are more and more springing up all the time. I see them on Facebook. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's definitely growing and the benefits are out there. Um, just for parents, again, who've never sent their child to one and don't know what it is, the kind of things they might do, and this is probably what your children have done as well, right. is they might do things like foraging in the woodland for sort of wild fruits. And that's obviously supervised. I'm not going to let them pick poisonous berries. Yeah. Shelter building, making dens, um, you know, out of fallen logs and twigs, um, not twigs, sticks and things like that. Yeah. Climbing trees safely, obviously. They're not just going to say climb a tree. You know, it's, you know it, they, there is safety, lots of health and safety precautions in there as well. Oh, Woodworks, yeah. kind of whittling, mm. maybe carving, building fires, cooking over an open fire, um, going on mini beast hunts, sensory walks, scavenger walks, all the kind of things that, you know, just just great fun for children, yeah. Yeah. totally away from the device, totally away from the telly and engaging with nature. Um, and the benefits of that are pretty much what you touched on already. So for children that are perhaps a little bit less confident, it's just great for them because they're perhaps with their friends, they're working in teams, they're achieving. Um, you know, if they make something, make it light a fire, cook something, they're seeing that self, they're seeing that um, achievement, it develops their self-confidence, their social skills are being boosted. You know, in the classroom where it's all very regulated and they have to work quietly out in the forest, they can sort of be themselves, be wild and free, um, running around, you know, using up their energy. Behaviour has been shown to be improved, um, attention span, their motivation to work, become better learners. I just think it's just so healthy mm. and it just should almost be a compulsory part of um, education, I think. I know schools are picking up on it. They do have more outdoor learning. But I think just getting back to nature and just doing what we did as children, just playing and, you know, playing with sticks, I think it's really important. 
Okay, thank you so much for sort of letting us know exactly what Forest School is for those parents that maybe haven't come across it and what those benefits are, because as you say, they are so incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't have access to any kind of Forest School area, I'm wondering, you know, just t- in terms of sort of the nuts and bolts of just actually getting outdoors, um, you know, what types of activities Activities do you feel like children can participate in, can do outdoors? And I'm also sort of wondering, you know, in terms of family dynamics, because, you know, obviously, you know, you might have a blended family, you might have a family with older children and younger children, uh, you might be going out as a group with children of varying ages. I'm just wondering about how, what kind of things can children do to have some fun outdoors and how you can um, adapt it to your specific parenting setup yeah lots of things to do I and mean, obviously some people don't live in the countryside some people live in towns and cities and it's not that easy um but just going anywhere even exploring your local local neighborhood mm. you've got a scavenger hunt yeah. as a family so it's the, the idea i mean twinkle's got loads of resources on this but the idea is that you have a list of objects to find um and you go off and you sort of split yourself into little groups so if you've got children of different ages i don't know five, 10, 12, you know, you could split up the groups. You've got an older one and a younger one together. So they'd go off and collect these objects and sort of race to come back. So that's good fun. Um, just exploring a new area, going on bike rides as a family is nice because the younger one could perhaps go in a bike seat and you could all go out for a family trip together. Um, exploring woodlands, like I've mentioned before, you could sort of play games, hide and seek, make dens. That's But the best, you know, the best thing you can do if you, um, live in a coast or near the coast or can go on the coast the beach is the best place for a family with mixed age children because there's something for everybody whether it's making sandcastles hunting for shells beach games exploring or for the older teenagers just relaxing and listening to their music or reading a book whatever you want to do yes so being by the beach is amazing and I mean us as a family we love a my mum actually lives by the beach, so any chance we get, we do go over to the beach. Because I mean, I'm lucky in that both of mine, they're, they're quite close in age. Like yours, they're only two different, you know, mm-hmm. it's only two years different. So you, I feel like so far we've got away with not having to create too many different um, setups for yeah. have a nice time outdoors. But I imagine at some point that will change. But um, yeah, so I'm just I'm just thinking like along the beach line you know just for those families that are looking for free days out or um you know maybe parents that are on low income or just for those that are just looking for extra ideas are there sort of any free days out that you can recommend to us yeah sure so obviously we've talked about the coastal one but that is just brilliant for the whole family but there are lots of other things you can do so um geocaching is a brilliant free outdoor activity so all you need to do is download the geocaching app on your phone um for those people that don't know what geocaching is basically it's using gps to um, hunt for hidden treasure now hidden treasure is probably like a little plastic toy in a margarine pot or something but basically the public hides these little treasures around all around the uk and they log their locations on the geocaching website and then you have a map on your phone with a, a telling you where these locations are. And you have to find them. So it's like a treasure hunt. It's completely free. And it's great fun. And it's fun for all ages. You, know, you get nearer and you can try it. And then you search for where it is. It might be under a log or under a stone or something. And you find it. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you replace it with something you've brought or you just put it back again. And sometimes there's a list and you can put your name or a little message. So that's great fun. Totally free. Like a huge, giant treasure hunt. Um 
going to woodlands I've mentioned before it's just like a huge outdoor you know event center that doesn't cost a thing yeah. make your own den split yeah. up don't play hide and seek obviously don't send children off by themselves but you know little groups play hide and seek I've done when mine were little we used to do that a lot um make up your own scavenger hunt yeah. so, you know searching for pine cones a green leaf a yellow leaf a brown leaf an acorn a rock a squirrel a bird's nest things like that tick them off prize for who can collect the most things um and then something that I've only really discovered um, recently actually is that how many hill forts there are in the UK so surprisingly there are about 4,150 hill forts and Oxford University have recently um, set up a website where they've logged the location of all these hill forts um, so there's bound to be one near you if you know there's over 4,000 yeah. so basically go and hunt one of those down climb up explore it see where your Iron Age ancestors would have lived um, you know, read it. There's probably some history about it, and then great views as well. Great exercise. I just think it's fascinating seeing you know a bit of history as well. That's all entirely free as well. Just Google um, Hill Forts Map UK. I think it is. That is actually genuinely super helpful because I didn't know that, and I have had the geocaching thing sort of lurking somewhere, <laughs> but I haven't quite got round to um, being proactive about it. So that is actually genuinely really. Yeah. I think they're everywhere, even in towns and cities. I don't know because I actually do live in the country, so I'm very lucky. But I would imagine they're just literally everywhere. I imagine they're literally everywhere, and that's something that's therefore really inclusive and accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I guess as well, it can just be really. Um, I mean, if you are privileged enough to have some outdoor space, you know, in your garden or what, or, or that kind of thing, I, f I feel like just making it really simple and just getting your children into gardening is actually a really lovely way to just get them outdoors and get them mm. having some fun, getting their hands dirty. I mean, my husband, he loves gardening, so he sort of takes over that mm. thing. But um, <laughs> no, I do love it, but I, he, he's just you know much better at it than I am and he sort of knows names of plants and he knows when to <laughs> and that kind of thing but um just in terms of gardening what kind of thing would you su suggest around that and you know the benefits of, of being out inside outside in the garden yeah gardening's great isn't it a lot of people get really scared of it and think I don't know anything I don't know they won't nothing will grow but actually you just yeah. literally plant stuff in the ground and it grows because that's nature um so yes get children into gardening even if you haven't got um, your own garden you can just grow things in patio pots or hanging baskets um but start them young so if you've got young children mud kitchens i don't know if you were the same as me when you were young but mud pies mud cakes just literally old pots pans spoons mud water maybe some cake pa paper cake cases and they will love it decorating it with sort of rocks and pebbles and it's just free fun really um as they get a bit older then, seed bombs is another great thing to do with your children. You just get some wildflower seeds, some compost, some like clay soil, and you mix everything together with lots of water. Again, another muddy activity. Roll it into a little golf ball size ball. <laughs> uh, let it dry out. And then in the spring, you just chuck them <laughs> anywhere um, where there's some bare soil in a sunny spot. And hopefully your wildflowers will grow. So that's great fun as well. So it's gardening, but it's just fun gardening. Yeah. Then just when they get older, just have fun with it. So there are some flower seeds are better to plant than others. Um, so for sunflowers are a classic, obviously. I've just, one of my neighbours has got, I've never seen such big sunflowers. The heads are like shower heads. They're massive. Amazing. They're great fun to grow and really easy to grow. Um, sweet peas, mm. they're good. Californian poppies are easy to grow. Marigolds, 
and you know plant them in pots or just be adventurous plant them in an old welly you know flowers and plants will grow in anything as long as you've got soil and water just make it fun for your children don't make it sort of like this is you know a lesson just make it fun um Mm -hmm. and then also as well growing vegetables it's really really um easy to do and it might encourage your child to start eating them eating things that they've grown they often do so french beans tomatoes salads strawberries uh loads of things yeah just just try and get your children into gardening but you don't need to call it gardening just call it having fun outdoors and planting and playing with plants yeah those are really good tips and I do feel like if children are participating and it being sort of a sensory interactive experience outdoors then especially with the vegetables I feel like my two have especially tried things that they wouldn't ordinarily try mm-hmm. because they're the ones that put it into the ground so yeah I feel like the benefits you know it's a bit like a domino effect isn't it they, it's just um amazing really and yeah, I feel like it doesn't have to be anything too big and meaningful and Instagram worthy. It just has to be, as you say, those things that you highlighted, just making it really fun and accessible. So, yeah, thanks so much for those tips. I've actually been writing them down. This <laughs> Good. Using them. <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much for joining us here today, Claire. You've been amazing, and I'm sure everyone will agree that you've come out with some amazing tips and I will certainly be using them so thanks for joining us again you're very welcome thank you very much for having me take care bye bye the twinkle parents hub is full of helpful advice activities and ideas to support people like you you can find stacks of content to help with your child's learning blogs packed with fun ideas and resources to support you and your child's health and well-being Head to the Twinkle website, click Parents, and see how we can help you survive and thrive. Twinkle Parents, made by teachers, trusted by parents.